hello and welcome to the Shaftzilla vs. Podcast. It's <clears throat> the first official episode, and today, like I said previous in the teaser, we're going to be talking about Dead Rising. Dead Rising is a, I want to say, it's not a, zomb- it's not a zombie horror or uh, survival game. It's more of a zombie slasher, like you're, there's not points in this where you feel like you need to constantly keep uh, feeding yourself or drinking water or anything like that. So it's not really survival in that sense. It can be scary at times, especially if you're 10 years old or whatever whenever I first played it. But <clears throat> anyway, Dead Rising is a zombie game based in a mall where you take over the role as beloved character Frank West. He's a photo, up-and-coming photojournalist that... Um, Wants to see what's going on because he heard something's going on at the mall. He doesn't even know it's zombies at that point, but he wants to know what's going on at the mall. So he has, I don't know where he gets the money to, but he gets a guy to fly him, a helicopter to fly him in, drop him off in the middle of this zombie crisis. And, uh, yeah, I mean, on the way there, you're taking pictures of the town. That's a key key point in this game is you're a photojournalist, so you're holding a camera with you always. And... That camera can be used to take pictures of certain things during the story and certain things during saving survivors and certain things that give you PP, which is the, uh, I'm not really sure what it stands for. I just always called it experience points because that's what it is. That's what it is. In other games, that's what what I'm going to call it. But you get these little PP uh, effects pop up on your screen with a camera picture, and that's when you should take the the right picture at the right moment and get the most amount of experience points. For it, because there is a leveling system in this game, and the max goes up to 50, and each level you get uh, you get either a health upgrade, inventory upgrade, or a um, a new move. Like a you can do crazy stuff, like pick up zombies and throw them with your bare hands. You can disembowel them with your bare hands at the later levels, which is a pretty OP move, in my opinion. But anyway, this game is a it's a 2006 game, and I should put the caveat up out front that I am I played it on. They re-released them for this current gen consoles in a little pack, so I got Dead Rising one, two, and Dead Rising two off the record in a bundle. It's like a HD bundle. I wouldn't call it a remaster because they didn't really do anything other than frame rate and graphical upgrades to it. But I mean. Not really much you would ask for with that with Dead Rising anyway, because it's not really, uh, <clears throat> it's not really something that I think needs changed any anyway, except for maybe some of the issues we'll get talking about here soon. But that's not really anything they could have changed realistically without making a whole other game. I don't think. But anyway, so and just as a little caveat here, I'm not. I don't plan on doing. A whole bunch of editing in this so if there is unless there's like huge pauses so if, if I stumble over something whatever so so this being a 2006 game there's I recently went through it and it's pretty rough I'm not gonna lie pretty rough it uh, so there's a the main part that I hate in this game is the survivor missions and I talked about how in the teaser how this is something that I like and it it is something that I found out that I like in 
pre in more in uh, Dead Rising 2 and such and so on, but in this game it is so just annoying how bad the AI is. Like it is a chore to get everybody, uh, and you want to get everybody because that's you get a lot of experience points for saving people, and you get achievements for getting them all, and you get special like outfits and stuff at the end of the game for getting all the survivors. So if you want to do like a true playthrough to be the best you can at the game, you have to get everybody in it. It's terrible. And I think there's 50 survivors, so I'm not going to go through every every single survivor. It's just, it's typical. I'll show you, I'll tell you how it goes. Once you get to the mall and everyone gets situated in your safe house in this, in the story, you get a, a walkie-talkie from this mall manager or mall maintenance guy named Otis, and he, that's his, he's your oracle to your Batman. He is... He is the guy that gives you all of your missions that are not story-related. So you, as soon as you walk out of the safe house, he starts ringing you on the walkie-talkie, telling you, Hey, I saw this guy barricaded over here in this store. Why don't you go help him? Blah, 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 that kind of stuff. So that's how you get you, like your side missions and all your survivor quests, most of them. Some survivors, which is annoying, which is, I had to look this up on a guide, that they don't show up. They don't, they don't show up at all. Like, it's just, you stumble across them. So I had to, in order to get everybody, I had to look up at what time of day. That's another thing I should mention is this game is timed. So it's not like most games where you get to play it however long you, until you beat the story. This game is timed in real time. How, uh, however, there are certain things near the end of the game that extend the time, but we'll get to that. Uh, anyway... The time is you get you show up. This the main story is. I'll, I'll start with. I'll start there. The main story is Frank West shows up, finds out there's zombies there, and as I said, I'm not going to go in depth in every single mission because, I mean, that's just, that would be just tedious for everybody involved. And if you want to actually see the missions, or I don't want to spoil uh, things if you plan on playing it, but I'll just give you a main uh, synopsis of the story and how things go when it relates to me talking about it. But so the main story is Frank West shows up on this roof of the mall, meets this guy named Carlos, I think that's his name, and he uh, he tells you how you're in a zombie apocalypse, or Carlito, that's his name, I got the list here, and he tells you how you're in the zombie apocalypse, and this is, you're in hell pretty much, and he's immediately like foreboding and anti your character, so puts in your mind that this guy is bad news. Either way, after after that, you go into your safe house, and you go into the beginning part of the game in, in the mall, and people are barricading the stuff, barricading it with stuff like uh, uh, benches, chairs, whatever they can find to barricade it. And this is like typical zombie movie stuff here, but uh, it uh, this old woman's looking for a dog. And she's freaking out because she can't find it. And, I mean, it's just the little things, right? Like, it's not, she's not freaking out that there's zombies out the door. She's freaking out that her dog's lost. And, of course, it pans to the zombies out the entrance door, and the dog is with them. So she, like an idiot, and I don't know how she gets, I mean, she's like a, I mean, she's got to be 70 years old. And there's like 30-year-old men all around her. <clears throat> so I don't know what. 
I mean, it's just, it's just a bit of game logic. You gotta, you gotta just take it for what it is. But she pushes past these 30 year old people, opens up the door, lets the zombies in, and that's how the mall gets infected. Typical zombie, like B movie stuff there. But, uh, all these people, like, it's, it's a weird thing about this game. It shows you these survivors' names as these zombies are flooding in, and they all die. And there's no way you can save them. I looked it up. You can't save any of these people. So there's no point in even trying. So you just run up the stairs, and that's where you get you meet uh, this guy named Brad and his partner. They're uh, they're cops. Well, not cops, cops, but they're like with the government. And these are going to be your main story people for a while, like pretty much till the end. And this is where you get your main story missions and stuff from them. Either way. You get up there, then that's when you realize that they're not really telling you everything that they know. And uh, Brad goes out to find this cart or this uh, old man that you took a picture of in the beginning in the entrance plaza. And uh, he goes out there. Then she, then his partner gets a call that says that he like he's in trouble, or whatever. So she goes to try to get him, and she hurts his ankle, hurts her ankle. Because she sneaks up on you, and you think she's a zombie, so you try to attack her. It hurts her ankle. And so she she gives you her gun and says, go help him. And she asks him she asks him what he uh, – if he knows how to use it. And he, he puts out the famous line, kind of, of covered wars, you know. And that's kind of his – one of his famous lines that people quote all the time from him. But either way, zombie stuff happens. And as I said, I'm going through this pretty fast. So, zombie stuff stuff happens. You figure out that Carlito Keys is not who he seems, and we could just, we just go from there. We realize that he was the one that caused this problem, and. His sister's there as well, and she kind of, she kind of fights you. There's, a, you have a boss battle with her later on in the game, but she fights you, and uh, then she becomes, she becomes your friend. And eventually, with Carlito, I guess I could talk about his boss battles now. In both of his boss battles, he uh, he has a health bar and everything. You could, you could take him down, his health bar all the way, but he escapes for story reasons. And the second time he escapes, he shoots Brad in the leg, and Brad goes missing. And eventually you find – this is something that you can miss, a secret – like uh, not really secret, but it's a cutscene that you can miss of Brad because he, he, uh, he goes missing. Wait, am I, am I remember, remember this right? Oh, wait. No, no, no. No, no, no. Is it? Either way. No, because Brad gets hurt and you bring him back. Okay, Brad gets hurt with that, sh and he gets shot. Bring him back, and then is later on the, in the story where Carlito is trying to blow up the mall to release this gas up in the air that would infect everybody outside the mall. Because right now it's just this town in Willamette that is uh, infected. Like that's just that town. That the government's got its quarantined off and everything. Anyway. Uh, so he's trying to blow up this bomb, and while you're out defusing the bombs, he is out. Brad's out trying to find Carlito again, and 
he they had this little it's a cutscene where they're fighting and Brad or uh, Carlito Brad shoots or stabs Carlito, then Carlito stabs Brad and kicks him into a crowd of zombies. And that's the last you see, that's the last you see of Brad if you don't go to the exact area where they fought. And if you go there, you see that it's like a, it's actually pretty sad because you see Brad covered in blood. And he's like, "Oh, don't look at me. Don't don't tell my partner." And then you ha- you have to finish him off like at the cutscene ends, and the, you have to finish him off <clears throat> as a zombie, like you've killed thousands of zombies already. So it's not a it's not a difficult fight. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the story. And at the end. Uh, Carlito gets caught by a psychopath, which I'll explain those here in a minute, but they're pretty much the side bosses of the story, except for this one that catches Carlito. They're the side bosses of the story, and they're uh, they're pretty interesting. They're, that's one of the reasons why I like Dead Rising so much is psychopaths, but Carlito gets caught by one, and he, like, in your, the whole time you're working with his sister to try to find his laptop plans or his laptop uh, password because he he has it and she she's working with you now because she realizes the error of her ways and her brother is kind of uh, messing messed up a little bit and he, not he was his heart was in the right spot but he did it drastically uh, drastically something bad by infecting fifty thousand people or whatever with this virus anyway he. Uh, <clears throat> You defeat the psychopath, and he gives you this locket that has the password in it, or it leads to her, leads to her, his sister finding out the password in some way, and he dies there. And uh, then you get the password, you find out what his plans are. It's something like he needs to, he has infected children in foster homes all across America with this virus, but it's like dormant in them until this gas reaches them or something like that. I think that's what it is. Something similar to that. Doesn't really matter. I mean, it's B movie zombie stuff, and this is a game, and we're talking about gameplay, so I'm trying to get through the the story as much as quickly as possible. So if I miss over anything, feel free to tell me. But that's not really what this is about. I mean, I'll I'll tell you what I think of the story, but I'm not really trying to go bit by bit to the story. Anyway, you figure that out, and then like Frank's the whole time. Frank he's got the scoop. He wants to get the scoop. So. And uh, this is – by the time you figure that out, this is like nearing the day three mark where the his helicopter is supposed to return back to get him and his buddy and carry off all the survivors, 50 survivors in one helicopter. They're going to have to make multiple trips, but hey, that's game logic for you. But uh, yeah, they uh, – <clears throat> so you figure all this out, and you're heading back. Something happened. See, it's, I'm blanking on it. Something happens where Frank gets bit, which is kind of strange because, I mean, if you're playing the game and you've gotten grabbed by zombies, you're getting bitten like ten times. Like, every time you go through the mall, you're getting bitten like ten times. But hey, another game logic story thing. But you get infected. Let's just say that. You get infected with the disease. And at this point, if you do it right, like before you get infected, if you do it right, you return to the safe house to – oh, I completely forgot. The military shows up. Military shows up. See, this is this is all over the place, but hey, this is what – this is how I'm going to do it. The military shows up about like the third day 
and they're killing they killed off all the zombies like there's there's no zombies at all and this is something that happens in all the games pretty much something happens on that third day something changes and uh so this one the military shows up kills all the zombies pretty much they've killed uh they've like evacuated the survivors and you're left there in the safe house alone on the rooftop waiting for your guy to show waiting for your the guy that dropped you off at the beginning of the game to show up and pick you up so you could release the story to everybody because you're you were left behind because you were working with uh, Isabella Carlito's sister anyway you you go there and you you're waiting and the guy's like cheer, he's he's looking at you cheering you on going oh yeah yeah Frank he made it he made, he made it and I don't know where the zombie came from. I mean, again, typical zombie B-movie stuff. But the zombie shows just in the back of the helicopter while he's flying. I mean, I mean come on. But he attacks the guy, and the guy crashes, and you miss your flight. So now what, you know? Now what? You don't have a way out of here. So now you got to go back to Isabella and try to find a way out. And... uh at some point in time, you get infected. So you're freaking out. And Isabella is like, all right, if you go fetch me this, 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 then I'll be able to try and develop some kind of medicine that would help you keep you from turning into a zombie. So that's what you go. You got to grab some kind of lab equipment. I mean, you're in a big, giant mall is where the game takes place. So you got a bunch of these stores that could theoretically have this kind of stuff, but... How she can combine them and become a chemist overnight, I don't know. Either way, and there's, I guess I'll talk about this now. There's these, uh, halfway through the game, you realize what's causing the zombies. It's these queens. They're like queen bees. And, uh, I say this now because she wants you to go collect ten of them, and it's a pain in the ass. And, uh, but, like, every now and then you'll see a zombie, like, dancing. Like, he's got his hands up in his air, in the air, stretching out. He's not moving. He's not attacking you. But if you kill him, uh, a bee pops out of his head, and you can collect that in a jar. I mean, I guess Frank just got just has jars hanging around in his pockets because I mean a jar disappears out of nowhere. And so you collect them in a jar, and you can throw it on the ground, and it kills like all the zombies in your uh, vicinity. Like if you kill the bee, it kills all the zombies. But the bee or the the thing is being transferred transferred from people to zombies by this bee. So that's what, uh, that's like a main plot point, I guess. But anyway, you have to collect all this stuff for her. Then she develops this miracle thing for you that you could, it'll heal you, but it heals you like for 12 hours and you got to take a shot again. Eventually in the game series, this is called Zombrex. This is the first instance of Zombrex being made. But in the later games, Zombrex is a, like a, a drug just like Advil, but Anyway, this is the first instance of that. So you take Zombrex, you find a tunnel that uh, could lead you out to safety, and then you have your final boss battle with the military guy that's like just trying to keep you in there, keep you hushed hushed. But once you defeat him in some kind of like epic battle on a tank with your bare fists surrounded by zombies, then uh, that's the that's the game over. Then it then it takes you to the main screen, tells you like all the zombies you killed and all that, and then Oh, I should say that, like, the main game ends 
when the helicopter crashes. That's the main game game ending. But if you do everything right and you get the proper ending, then it opens up overtime mode. And that's like all the go and collect stuff for Isabella stuff. That's overtime mode. And then at the end of overtime mode, you battle the guy and then you get the true ending. So it's kind of a weird system. I don't know why they did it that way and not just, but these are, that's technically another game mode in your main menu. Like you got to start a new game, overtime mode, and then the third one, if you do everything right, even completing overtime mode, you get an infinity mode, which is just like, that's an actual survival game where you're playing the normal game, no story, nothing. You just end the mall. <clears throat> And every few seconds, your health ticks down. You gotta eat some, and it's like it's, I guess it's like a challenge thing. And I didn't m mess around with it too much because it got. I mean, that's not really something I'm into. But either way, that's the basic story part. Overall story, it's uh, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's typical B movie zombie stuff, and it's not you know it's not, you're not gonna win any awards with it. I'll just say that. But the uh, the overtime mode is something that carries on throughout the rest of the games as well. It's a <clears throat> kind of a trope of the game, you know. Same with the Zombrex, same with uh, something happened on that third day that drastically changes the way you play. And uh, so I, from there, from the story, I'm going to get on to some of the things I have issue with, and we'll just go from there. So one of, one of the ma major things, because it's a major part of the game, is fighting. And one of the major things I have issue with is the aiming system. Most games, when you're playing a controller, you have the triggers, right? And left trigger is aim, right trigger is shoot. Well, on this, right trigger is aim, and X is shoot. Don't know why. It's annoying. Can't change it. So, <clears throat> that's one thing that I uh, have issue with. Another thing, like I've previously said, is the AI. AI is atrocious in this game. It's terrible. I mean, you'll have, you'll have a survivor following you. He'll be running into a wall, and you can't do anything to get them because if you hit a survivor if you accidentally hit a survivor so many times they be they defect from you and you can't save them they just start attacking you so you got to count and if uh you don't save because this game doesn't have auto save so if you don't save before you do that then you're screwed you got to start over back from when you last saved so that's a that's another thing about this game it has no auto save which kind of adds to difficulty that could be argued but not really not really for me so with this AI, AI being trash, it kind of makes saving the survivors a hassle, to be honest with you. Like I, uh, there's some survivors on here that are just terribly, terribly AI. And so, I mean, it's it's a it's going to be a struggle if you're trying to go for that completionist all survivors thing on here. Not so much in the next in the in the next game in the series because uh, a little behind the scenes here, I've already beaten it twice so far. And, uh, so that one, that podcast should be coming out rather, rather soon too. But, uh, so the, uh, yeah, the AI is a bit of a hassle. The reward is few and far between because when, as all games, when you level, the XP that you need to level for the next level is like exponential. So by the time you're like 49 saving survivors, it's kind of pointless, but. To be real with you, you're probably not going to get to 50 in your first playthrough. I got about 28. 28, I think, is where I maxed out on my first playthrough. So, eh. It's kind of artificial lengthening of the game. If you want to get to 50, you gotta you got to play again. And that's another thing with uh, the game. Once you end it, complete it all, 
you can restart the story and you'll keep your you keep your you will keep your level. So say if you enter the game with 28, you could restart it and start the game again on level 28. So you get all you keep all of your uh, skills and everything that you've unlocked. The only thing that goes away are key items and weapons when you restart. Okay, so those are pretty much my gripes about the game. I mean, it's a 26 or 26 2006 game, I believe. So I can't really gripe about the graphics too much. I mean, some of the cutscenes look like uh, it's like Uncanny Valley, like it feels off. You don't know why, it just feels off. But you can't really complain on that front. I mean, especially with the HD remake or remake or whatever, not remake, but HD re-release. I'll say that HD re-release. Uh, it, uh, I mean, it looks all right for a 2006 game. Definitely looks all right. I mean, especially, I mean, Capcom's known for having decent uh, graphics in their cutscenes, and for 2006, graphics look okay. And graphics aren't everything in games, but I mean, it's nice to have something nice to look at. Okay, so next uh, I'm going to talk about – so I've talked about things that I dislike, which is the AI. That's pretty much like the AI – yeah, I mean I'm trying to think of anything else that I really did not like in this game. AI is pretty much it, but that's a huge part of the game. So if, I mean you might be saying, oh, it's only got one point he hates, but that's like the big part of the game is the AI with the survivors. So that's kind of annoying. And that's like the whole game. So, so from here on, I want to explain some of these psychopaths and uh, how they work and stuff. So these psychopaths, for the most part, except for that one that uh, captures Carlito. And if I say Carlos Carlito, I'm sorry. It's just my mind not working right. So I have a list of – I'm on fandom or deadrising.fandom.com, and it has a list of – psychopaths because I honestly couldn't remember everyone so and I'll, I'll go over I'll, I'll scroll through here I'll, I'll name them all but I'm not going to read their paragraph of description they got for it I'll just tell you what I'll read the name but oh yeah I remember that okay so so I don't know if this is in order or yes okay more or less in chronological order okay so Cletus Sampson gun shop yeah 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 okay this is a guy he's a gun shop owner and you don't really get a uh because the way it works in this game, you have a watch, and you get scoops when Otis calls you, and it pops up on your screen, and you you choose which one you want to go after. So, But this guy doesn't have a scoop from what I remember. You just show up in a gun shop, and he's blowing your head off. And it's, it's a pretty important gun shop because, I mean, guns are overpowered in this game, especially against uh, other psychopaths. So you want to get the gun shop open as much as possible, as soon as possible. So Cletus is a guy in a gun shop, and he's pretty he's pretty OP, especially in the beginning of the game when you don't have a gun yourself, and if you don't know where the hidden guns are and stuff. But like he won't even let you in the store without blasting you off your feet. So it's it's a it's a difficult challenge early game for sure. But yeah, he's a gun shop owner, and he's uh, I mean typical like uh, redneck gun shop owner guy, and uh, hates can't trust you, so that's why he's shooting you. Next in this list is Carlito, which we already talked about, and uh, oh, this one is trash. Uh, the next one is the convicts, and these are because like I don't know, this must be a pretty bomb ass mall for it to have an outside area and like a giant clock tower in the middle of it, but it does. But the outside area, which is surrounded by the mall, so it's kind of like a, not like a courtyard. 
There's these convicts that patrol it about the second day. They patrol it, and uh, they're in like an army vehicle. I don't know where they got it from, but they have one. And there's a guy on a like a minigun on the top, and a guy with a baseball bat killing people as they drive by. And they're psychopaths, so they're escaped convicts, and they uh, patrol the park. And you can kill them. Most most convicts in this game, or most uh, psych or all psychopaths, other than these guys, you kill them, they're dead for they're dead for good. But so for whatever reason, when you kill these guys. They show up every single time you want to go to that courtyard. Like they respawn. This is so. This could be another gripe I had with the game. They show up every single time. So you kill them once. You think, all right, good. They're gone for good. A couple hours later, you walk out there with three survivors behind you, and they're all trash anyway. They're running. Look, can't even find their ass. So anyway, you're walking out there with them, and oh, here comes old boys, and they're Humvee again. Hey, we just drank some magic juice, and we're back alive. And they wipe out your survivors, and you got to restart. So I mean, that's that's really. I mean, I can understand why they did that to keep you afraid from going outside for you, so you can use shortcuts that are in the mall and everything. But uh, it's just, I don't know, not really something I'm into. And uh, they're pretty annoying. So the next one on the list is Adam McIntyre, or just an Adam the Clown, is what everyone calls him. And this is good, like a beloved fan favorite favorite guy, and he's a he's a well known clown that went crazy after uh, the zombies killed his audience. So that, I mean, the name should imply psychopaths. They're not right in the head, and they were normal people before the outbreak started, but something snapped in their head, and now they're crazy. So this guy, he's juggling. Uh, he's next to again this mall. It's, I mean, it's got a damn. A roller coaster into some bitch in, right in the middle of the mall. Anyway, uh, uh, this guy's operating this roller coaster and there's survivors on it. It's like forced to spin around and around and around. So you gotta turn it off and once you go turn it off, he attacks you for, uh, whatever reason he gives you, ruining his fun. And he's juggling two chainsaws, like hand, hand mini chainsaws. And, uh, you kill him, he drops those chainsaws. That'll always respawn where he dies on the roller coaster. And this is like the most OP weapon in the game. That's another trope for Dead Rising. It's kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's intended or not, but there's certain weapons in this game that, that that'll be the weapon you use for the entire game. Like, you could pick up a bench and throw it at a zombie, but why'd you do that when you can get a chainsaw that mows through zombies with ease? Especially a hand chainsaw that you can put in your pocket. Don't know how that works, but you can. Uh, so you get you kill this guy. I guess it's good time to mention it as any. There's magazines in this game that give you uh, stat boosts, but the catch is you have to hold them in your inventory at all times. So you get like maybe at level 50, you maybe get 12 inventory slots. So and one weapon is one inventory slot, and one magazine is one inventory slot. So you can get these weapons that give you better, I don't know, better damage with bladed weapons, better damage with furniture, or magazines rather. And so if you get his weapon and you get all the magazines that bonus, that build up that weapon, it's like it's infinite use pretty much, or a lot of, a lot of use pretty much. Like you may, for one playthrough, you may have to pick it up two times, two, three times. So that's like the OP strat and that's pretty much what I did. After I killed him, I used that 
used that and I used uh, firearms for certain occasions and uh, sledgehammers when I needed to. That's pretty much the only weapons I used. So, moving on for Adam the Clown, we got Stephen Chapman. He's a uh, grocery stu- store owner, and his fights his fights all right. I mean, it's he's he's freaked out because he's trying to protect his store. Typical, I mean, he's psychopath. So, mostly psychopaths like they're like freaking out over the littlest things. But I mean, it's a zombie apocalypse, so they're I don't know. Anyway, he's got like a you're in his grocery store and. He's chasing it down with a cart full of like knives and everything. His, his fight's all right. Nothing too, nothing too crazy there. Uh, this guy, Cliff Hudson, he's a Vietnam War vet and he's in like a war, a uh, warehouse where he's picking up all these knives and everything and like he's 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 actually attacking you like via like a uh, guerrilla warfare style. Like he's hiding up in the rafters and he goes underneath the the vents and everything. It's pretty cool. And if I'm not mistaken. Especially by looking at his player model up close, the voice actor is uh, the uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from The Walking Dead that they chained up on the roof in the very like first episode or whatever, first season. They chained him up. On, he also is in the Marvel movies as that uh, guy with the mohawk and the arrow. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know the actor's name, but. Uh, next, I mean, I guess technically psych- psychopath Isabella Keys, because you have you do have a fight with her. Her fight is eh. She's driving around on a motorcycle in one part of the mall, and uh, that's like broken down. And all you gotta do is just damage her, because she'll she won't like run away. She'll just drive around. You like gotta just damage her enough, and a cutscene happens. Next is Joe Slade. This is a missable one for sure. It's like a weird, uh, sexualized, overweight woman cop that's like. Holding people captive in a like a uh, fashion store or whatever, and uh, you can miss this one for sure because I, I didn't even know until this playthrough I didn't even know this one existed. But yeah, she's I mean mostly psychopaths are not hard to hard to fight. I'll give it to you straight. The the main appeal for these psychopath psychopaths are uh, the story and like the craziness that happens about them that you learn about them and the memorability like Adam the Clown. You talk to anybody that's played Dead Rising, like back in the day, they'll tell you about Adam the Clown because he's like the most memorable one. Uh, Kent, Kent Swanson, he's a another photographer that, like, he's taking weird photographs. He's kind of like your PP tutorial for pho- for photographs in the very beginning, and then as the game goes on, he gets more and more insane about taking like uh, really nasty, gory photos, and then eventually he challenges you to a fight. And uh, he'll capture and kill an innocent man if uh, you don't stop him. This one is a a weird one. It's called the Hall Family, and uh, it's a sniper sniper family pretty much. But one of them doesn't want to kill you, but there's no way to save him. Like you can't like dissuade him in any way. You just gotta fight him. And uh, so that's that's that pretty much. But yeah. You, I mean, it's a sniper fight, so they shoot you from afar. You got to run up and kill them. And it's not not too hard, especially late game whenever that happens. Uh, this guy, Paul Carson, he's a special survivor or special. Uh, Paul Carson, he's special because he's a psychopath fight, but you can save him, and it's not really doesn't really tell you you can. But at the end of the fight, he he throws uh, Molotovs at you and runs around. He's like a little nerdy nerdy guy that I don't know. He's got a long 
long thin hair, black rimmed glasses, skinny, lanky, that kind of nerdy guy. And uh, at the very end, he sets himself on fire with a Molotov cocktail. And the cutscene, like after, after after every time you beat a uh, psychopath, they give you this weird cutscene, like how they die. And like, they always say like a death rattle, like the last word before they die. They always say something like that. But uh, either way, he, he says this death rattle, and but then he's sitting there on fire, still like alive. But if you pick up a fire extinguisher, which happens to be right next to where he died, and you put him out, then he'll he'll become a survivor, and he's one of the survivors you need to get all survivors. Next is uh, about another part about uh, midway through the game is this rainbow cult or rain yeah rainbow raincoat cult shows up. And they got uh, green mask and yellow trench coats, and they suicide bomb you and blow you up. And at some point, they will be able to grab you and capture you. And you have to, and like you'll show up naked in their cult, uh, and you gotta escape. But there's, you can avoid that, and most people, if you're good enough, you'll never see that cutscene or anything. But uh, yeah, they're just a cult. Like their leader, their well, hit, the leader will be next, but yeah, he's just a cult. They're just a creepy cult. They like walk real slow and blow themselves up whenever they see you. And here's the leader. His name is uh, Sean Keenan. Uh, and it's kind of like a preacher, typical cult leader stuff, you know, but in a zombie outbreak and he's sacrificing people and, and you fight him in the, in the theater and he's, I mean, he's pretty fat. He's like old, but he's pretty fast, but eventually he'll run out of breath and that's when you attack him. Not, not too, not too difficult of a fight. But again, psychopaths, they're more for the story than actual difficulty, I think. And, he, of course, he has survivors in the theater. Once you kill him, you can save him. Next is Larry, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this pronunciation, is Larry Chiang, Chiang, C-H-I-A-N-G. He is a butcher. Well, the, <laughs> on the website, they made sure to tell you he's an obese butcher. But this is the guy that captures you, captures Carlito, as I mentioned before. He captures Carlito, and uh, you have to fight. This this is probably the hardest fight in the whole game because there's no save. Because the way you save in this game, probably should have said that at the start. The way you save in this game is you use the bathroom. So you can't just save anywhere. You got to find a bathroom in a mall and use it, and that's how you save. And there, unless there's one close, and I just didn't see it. There's not a there's not a bathroom close to his fight, so what I usually do in with these fights is before the fight I save in a bathroom and I'll go fight him and if I die all I gotta do is reload at the bathroom right next to the fight and for the most part there's bathrooms pretty much close to these to these fights but anyway there's not one close here is what I'm trying to say so it's a long run up to the boss and at the end of the game this is close to the end and if you've timed it wrong. Like doing your missions, if you timed them wrong, the uh, you'll have a certain amount of time you got to defeat them in. Otherwise, the game will end because your three-day timer will be up. So you really got to hunker down and fight this guy. And uh, but then again, the first time ever I fought him, I didn't have that chainsaw with the upgrades on it with the magazines. But this time around, <clears throat> I was I was prepared for a Mono and mono, like throw down, drag out, but that chainsaw just rips right through him. The chainsaw makes the game trivial, to be honest. But I mean, it's in the game, so there's no point not using it. 
And the final psychopath is the guy I talked about previous. Your uh, his name's Brock Mason. He's a special force officer. This is the guy you fist fight on the end at the at, at on the top of the tank. All right, so that's all the bosses slash <coughs> slash psychopaths that are in the game. Let's see what else I got here. Uh, yeah, talk about how decent it's looking for 2006. Like I said, cutscenes can suffer from uncanny valley feel. Uh, the sound, yeah, the sound design is something on this game that I really, really enjoy. Because it's, uh, it's creepy. Like, it, even today's standard is creepy. Like, the zombie moans, they're not like, and the zombies in this game, they're not sprinters like you see in movies. They're like the shabbling, shambling type, but they'll, when if you get near them, they'll grab you and it's hard to let go. So, like, the, the moans and the sounds of them dragging themselves are pretty scary. And, some reason, somebody, somebody in the, in the malls is playing music still over the intercom, so you'll have typical mall music just playing, and it's just, it's a weird juxtaposition creepiness that, uh, happens with that, and, um, obviously that's, uh, that's intended. And, I say here in my notes, I'm looking, I'm reading them, it's talking about me being a wuss and feeling creepy still, and it, it is, I mean, it, uh, you can, there is a creepy feeling to this game, even with uh, – but it's also weird because it's also like a podcast game for me. Like it's a good game, especially if you're in the zone selecting or saving survivors because there's big chunks of time where you're doing nothing but saving survivors in this game. And uh, it's a good podcast game to like throw in a podcast and just get to work. you know. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah, and – there's a it's a weird juxtaposition where you're creepy all the time, but this game is it's there's no the, the humor isn't lost in this game. You could dress up as you can dress because there's it's a mall so there's outfits everywhere. You could dress up as like a kid uniform. You could dress up as a, you could wear a dress, and you could wear like weird masks and everything, and those will carry on into cutscenes. So whenever the cutscenes are being all super serious, uh, you'll be wearing like a goofy mask. It just adds to the charm of the game, and that carries on through the rest of the games, even the final one. And it's another creepy thing. It's also game mechanic-wise, and this always happens in the rest of the series as well. The zombies, the zombies uh, at nighttime at 7 p.m., there's always a cutscene on that first day. And the zombies become harder, and there's more of them at nighttime. Not it's not a big of a difference. Like you don't instantly go out there and die, but it's uh it's good, and uh, that, that's a staple. I don't think it happens in the fourth one. I don't think there's a cutscene, but I think it's implied or whatever. Um, like I said, there uh there is difficulty in the game in the lower levels. I mean, I died a few times in the early levels because. I don't know if it's just the HD remaster or I'm gonna keep on saying remaster, re-release, but it's just like it feels like because the way to escape a grapple is to wiggle your stick left and right, and it feels like it's not working half the time. But I don't know if that's just the game in general. But yeah, so there is difficulty, but it's not really from the bosses; it's more from uh, the zombies, really, and. Uh, like I said, most of the bosses can be made trivial by Adam the Clown's chainsaw. 
Uh, AI is trash. Already covered that. Story already covered that. There is a weird like, because uh, this is a Japanese company, and the game is based in the United States. So there's a weird like statement they're trying to make with over consumerism of America, but I I would like to think that's not uh, the main focus of the game because it's not really. But there is a weird statement they're trying to make with the story. Uh, then uh, for the next points, I'll just go into uh, my kind of wrap up wrap up thoughts and all this. And uh, talk about the cult classicness of this game. So, like, there's a reason Frank is this uh, beloved character that everyone loves. You know, you spend all this time with him, saving survivors, listening to his subtle humor and occasional one-liners. But the humor isn't uh, humor isn't cringe. You know, it's just like it's just an action hero. With the, uh, uh, but in the fourth version of this game, the humor is cringe. That's the difference, and it's not the same voice actor, which kind of throws it off. Uh, and rather than funny in that game, uh, the spirit of Frank isn't there in the fourth game, and that's what this game has. It has character, spirit, humor in a surprising place. That's why this game is good. And uh, here's some more wrap-up thoughts I've got here. Uh, this is I typed this all out like a like a damn paragraph, so I'll, I'll try and cut some of this out. But uh, going back to this game after all these years is rough, you know, uh, especially with the uh, the survivor AI being the main thing. The, the the nostalgia is really is real because the first time I played this game, I was at a friend's house and uh, it was his birthday party or something and we were all <clears throat> ten years old probably he might have been I think he's older than me but uh, around ten 2006 I would have been around ten I'll say that and uh, like it's not a single it's not a it's only a single player game so we would die we would trade off and it was something we did like all night long. And I would I would go back to his house and play that game, not just to play that game, but when I went back to his house, I played that game. And there's eventually a point where I would, um, this is pretty cringe, but there's a point where I'd go back and I would beg him to let me borrow it. And it's probably a good thing he didn't, because back in the day, I didn't take very much care of games and stuff like that. But either way, the nostalgia is definitely real in this game. And uh, if people claiming, I have a problem with people claiming this as their favorite in the series. Especially since number two is so good. But uh, it's, this isn't a terrible game. It's uh, still fun. There's still fun to be had. But there's definitely uh, more fun and a better overall experience in later titles. Especially with, in this game, the lack of weapon variety, especially late game when you figure out your core weapons that you want to use. But that really doesn't change in the series, to be honest with you. It... Uh, there's always a weapon that's better. That's the best than uh, the rest of the weapons in the game, and it's kind of uh, that's kind of the way these games work. But it does lack a certain variety in weaponry. But I'm gonna be honest. Completing everything in this game, Dead Rising One at least, is a chore. I mean, I do not recommend it. Completing this everything unless you are a true completionist and you need to have that game completed in your uh, list of games. But the rewards for doing it and everything do not justify you hell you have to go through to get them. I'll say that. I'll say some final wrap-up thoughts here. That uh, actually no, I got a couple paragraphs. Sorry. Some games, you know, they're they're fun when you return to them, but at, like I stated before, 
there's so much fun to be had in later games in the series. I cannot justify calling this the best game in the series. Even though it's the first, it's not the best. It's an alright game through and through, though, and if you've never played it, I would recommend playing it. But just be aware of what I've said before, that you're going to have trashy AI, trashy aiming system. And But, I mean, as, as far as from that, the graphics are okay for 2006. I mean, you've got to realize it's 2006, and the graphics are pretty good, especially with the HD uh, re-release. <clears throat> so, and wrap-up stuff here. I had fun playing this game. I had fun back in the day for sure. Less fun playing it recently for the podcast, but, I mean, it was still fun. And, uh... The reason, and I realize why I haven't played it in so long. But aside from Frank, Frank being there and the overall feel of Frank, there's nothing in this game that is better than the others, you know? Like as I've stated, I like other games in the series better than this. But that's what sequels are supposed to do. They're supposed to improve on the last game and add new things, so that's not really something that should shock anybody. This game is good, the next game is better, in my opinion. Uh, and I can say that for a fact because I've already beat, like, from uh, Dead Rising 2 podcast I want to do, I've already beaten Dead Rising 2. Like, I just beat it last night uh, for the second time in a row because I beat it in one sitting to finish everything. So, I mean, it's – I beat it first for the story for the podcast, and I beat it again because I forgot some survivors. But, you know, I think that's good, uh, good telling that I beat it again. That's how fun it was. I would never – do that. If I miss a survivor in my Dead Rising 1 playthrough, like, oh well, shithead, see you later, you know? But, uh, yeah, so, give some wrap-up thoughts, I guess, to end this all out. We're at about 50 minutes or so here. And I probably won't edit any of this down, so if it annoys you, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna edit anything unless there's super long pauses or I'll come on here and do a nice PewDiePie bridge incident, which I seriously doubt I will. But, uh, uh, some wrap-off thoughts. Never played this game before, and for some odd reason, you're listening to my podcast to see if you would play it. Play it. It's a good experience. Just be ready for those things that I've mentioned about the AI, because that is the main that is the main point in this game. I'm trying to look look through my podcast notes here and see if I missed anything, but I don't think I did. Uh, the game overall is decent. I'll give it that. It's it's a uh, it's not a terrible game, and it's not. I mean, it's not a bad game. Like, I'm saying that, like, there's a but at the end. But there is for the AI. But if you go through – because you can play the game and not save one survivor and still have an enjoyable enjoyable experience. Like, if you want to – if you, all you want to do is slay zombies and have a little story to go with it, you can do that. Like, saving the survivors is not essential to the game. You get more experience points, and you can get uh, – I'm not exactly because I didn't try. I didn't want to make the mistake of trying this, but I don't know if you need to save everybody to get the best ending. You probably don't, because that would be kind of mean. But I did it anyway because I didn't want to have to redo it. Because that's just how I was. With, that's how I felt with this. So anyway, I think I'm gonna. I'm not gonna give like a score because I don't. I don't believe in giving things scores like that, especially. I mean, what's 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 a nine out of ten for me? You know, it doesn't make any sense for you to hear me say it's a nine out of ten game, but uh, which it wouldn't be, by the way. Uh, but anyway, 
I think I'm going to wrap it up here. That's uh, Dead Rising 1 in the books. And uh, I can't wait to talk about Dead Rising 2 because it's a really good game. And uh, I will be doing Off the Record as well. Probably be like a shorter, maybe 30-minute one or something because it's Off the Record is pretty much Dead Rising 2. But instead of playing as the character that you play in that game, you play as Frank West. And a little bit of story changes here and there. Not too much, though. But... Overall replayability, I probably probably will not go back to this game, to be honest with you. I will not. I mean, in general, the general like mechanics of the game is like you pick up a weapon, you, sh- you hit something, kill it, you know. So, and that stays true for the rest of the games. Or you pick up a gun, shoot something, kill it, you know. And you walk around to heal yourself. You drink a juice and you magically get health. I mean, that's video game logic, so you can't really do anything about that but the general stuff mechanics they're good other than the ai part which if i'm going to play a game like this i want to try and save everybody but i can't because the ai is just utterly trash and that's not something they improved in the re-release like they literally just put a coat of paint on the game and threw it out to the masses so you know it's not uh not the best ai wise but Story, I mean, it's okay story. It keeps you enthralled, you know. I, I didn't, I pretty much summed it up, but I didn't want to go th- go through every main plot point in case you guys wanted to play it yourself or whatever. But uh, yeah, story's okay. I mean, it's like watching. It's funny too because I was about to, it's Dawn of the Dead. I think is is the one where they're in the mall, and on the original box art, they had to put on the box art. This is no way. Uh, tied in with the Dawn of the Dead series because they're both about zombie outbreaks in a mall. Thought that was funny, but uh, yeah. So overall, story-wise, it's okay. B movies kind of stuff. Uh, the fun is to be had. There is fun, but if you're going for the AI or the AI, the survivor saving all survivors, the fun kind of gets cut down a little bit, you know, because at near, especially near the end, it's kind of a drag. To be honest with you. And like I said, replayability, nah. So I probably probably won't return. That's why I, one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast because I knew for a fact that I would not return to this game after I beat it like this because it is not. Uh, it's just the second one does it better. To be honest with you, second one does it better. So I'm going to end that here. Uh, if anybody listens to this all the way through, I appreciate it. I know that it's probably all over the place and that stuff will get better with time. But it's just, it's something I wanted to do. I mean, we're this, what, what day is it? It's, uh, April 9th, 2020 during the whole quarantine thing and people are staying indoors. So I figured uh, I've always wanted to do something like this. So I'll start a podcast, you know, start a good old podcast. Anyway, uh, things will like, things like the all over the place will improve with time, especially with the second one, because I had a lot more fun with the second one, and so I'm more invested in it, really. So, anyway, if you want to leave a comment, or uh, I think I'm on iTunes now, so rate, review, whatever, let me know what you think, let me know what I can improve on, but uh, don't just don't be an asshole, because you, you will be ignored if you're an asshole. So, anyway... I'll see y'all in the next one. Take care.